2: on uh i'm literally so tired (laughs) she's gonna perk up in like five minutes just give
3: her a second (laughs) you guys have high hopes
2: (laughs) no that's what always happens
3: you always come in and you're like ugh, and then you just get natural energy in like one second i'm just like insatiably tired which hasn't happened to me in a very long time Mm. just like working too much
2: um, yeah, no, I totally get it. It's definitely really draining. I was talking to Chance about this yesterday. It was our roommate. We were at my birthday lunch, and we were saying, like, how levels of, like, how there are different kinds of tired. There's, like, your brain is fried tired, so that's after, like, a big exam or a big presentation. It's, like, you're fried. You're done. And then there's, like, burnt out tired, where it's, like, you've been working too much. Then there's social battery tired, which is kind of what I feel like you and Chance experience because, like, you go to work in the office and everything and then you come out and you're just, like, tired, like, job-wise or, like, social battery-wise because you're talking to all these people, etc. And then there's, like, you've been tired for so long tired where it's, like, for example, I work from home so I don't get a lot of social interaction throughout my work day. So at the end of my day, I'm tired but in a totally different way, like... I'm tired of being tired, and I want to go out and do stuff. And then there's, like, tired, like, sleep-deprived tired, where you just need to go to bed, you know?
3: I feel like all of the above.
2: <laughs> At one moment. Just like, At least your nails look good, you guys. Cindy just got her nails done. And they're almond-shaped, light pink, super
3: pretty. I'm just, like, I had 12 interviews, 13 actually, and counting yesterday. In the last two weeks, I'm working, like, overtime every day, trying to be social. I'm just, like, literally so tired. But yeah. That's life.
2: Also, trying to maintain a work life balance is also exhausting because, in those moments where you probably should be sleeping or like preparing for the next day, it's like you feel like you have to make connections and network and go out and like actually, because that's what everybody recommends that you do, you know, when in reality it's like listening to your body's key, but
3: sometimes you don't know what your body's telling you either. So it's like, that's the first thing you learn in law school is that when you're a lawyer, work life balance is not a thing. It doesn't exist. Like, if you ask that in an interview, like, what's the idea where they're like, they, like, start laughing at you. They're like, you don't have that. <laughs> oh. I'm like, great. Great to know. Okay.
2: That's so funny. Um, yeah, well, guys. Guys. Everyone. It was my birthday. Um, two days ago. It was on Tuesday. We're recording this on Thursday. My birthday's the 8th. And we celebrated the whole weekend. Um, if you want to know what we did, everything we did, go to my TikTok. But I want to specifically shout out Sydney and Chance's gift because they did a joint gift We usually do that like every year we switch off doing joint gifts for each other's birthday so we can really like splurge on something. And they got me, you guys, you guys, I'm a coffee fiend. I'm actually drinking my espresso right now. And Sydney and Chance got me espresso cups, fine china espresso cups from Tiffany. I've never had or owned fine china before, so I was like crying. From Tiffany's. And on each cup is a different New York City landmark. So like they're so special, so catered because if you don't know, like My entire brand and TikTok channel is about New York City. So it was just so personal. I have like three espressos a day and it was like the best. And I have these like clear little plain ones that I usually use. And those Tiffany cups kicked my sweet little, like, you know, that scene in Sex in the City where she gets the really big, nice wedding dress and she's like, um, just like that Vivian Westwood kicked my sweet little suit's ass. I feel like just like that, you know, those espresso cups kicked my other sweet little espresso cups ass.
3: My biggest fear is Sarah has this thing where she breaks everything. Um, literally everything. And like the amount of times I'm walking out, the scene like a wine glass with shattered glass everywhere. And I'm like, what happened? And you're like, I was washing it. I was a like, girl, with a power drill. <laughs> I was like, Sarah, do not break these.
2: <laughs> no, no, I would literally never. But, or at least I would try my best. <laughs> but no, I'm handling them so carefully. I am so nervous to break them though. I just, I feel like sometimes i don't even want to touch them because i'm like i'm gonna ruin everything but um birthday was really fun we went out to dinner we went out to clubs it was the best it was the best and it was great to spend some time with Sydney and my other roommate because usually they're really busy with work so it was awesome to just like have that one on one time and they threw me a party oh my god this was the best part of the entire weekend we did a roast so we all kind of went around the room it was like me and a bunch of my close friends roasting me everybody took turns making fun of me and it was the best thing ever because sydney's job as you all know is to roast me like on a daily basis or on a minute basis so just having it concentrated and like in a public setting was the best i love getting roasted it's like part of my leo treats
3: sarah's the only person i know who wants to be roasted on her birthday (laughs) and she's been talking about doing a roast for herself since i've met her but it's gonna be her bachelorette party it probably still will be it will but yeah that's how she's a leah yeah. I'm more excited for the wedding than the marriage. Like, I want a boyfriend. Yeah. I want a boyfriend. I want a fiance. And I want a wedding. And all the other parties. And I want a ring. Like, the wedding part, we can wait on.
2: Yeah. The commitment part. Like, the really
3: marriage know. part. It's not even that I'm scared of commitment. It's just like, what if I'm married and then Chris Evans is like, actually, I love you? Like, that's a tough position to be in. We have so much alcohol, it's actually scary. I
2: know. <laughs> we're We're recording right next to the bar cart. And we have, for my birthday, literally every single kind of alcohol you could ever imagine is just now in our
3: house. And it's going to be there for so long, because Chance and I, I never drink.
2: Yeah. And when I drink, I drink wine. <laughs> so, and I always go out to dinner, so it's, like, it's literally just going to sit there. Well, today, we had a specific topic in mind that was not on our list, on like our pre-planned episode list, because I was thinking about this the other day. I was like... Cause my birthday came up and thank God my ex or none of my exes texted me on my birthday, but I was just kind of thinking like, what if he did? And like, how would I go about dealing with that? Because it's like, this is the first birthday I've spent without my ex in three years. So I was like, I don't really know if he's going to say it or just like not or leave it. And like, I don't know which one I prefer. And then I finally decided after the day was over that I was obviously overjoyed. He did not reach out because that would be weird, especially since I'm dating somebody else. But like, I was just kind of thinking and stressing about it for like a full 10 minutes. I was like, what, what do I do? How do I proceed? So today's episode is inspired by that. We're going to be doing a topic called the ex-playbook. It's like, how do you handle, once you break up with somebody, how do you handle it? What's the procedure? Is there a routine? Is it like a one-size-fits-all situation? What do you do with their stuff? What do you do if they text you on Christmas? Like, how do you handle it if you see them on the street? How do you handle it if they try to crawl back into your life? And has that ever happened to us before? And what would our advice be to other people who are also going through that as well?
3: Let's wrap that up in a nice little bow, didn't I? It's tricky, because today, August 10th, Is a national holiday in this household, and not one that I like to celebrate, but I will by getting dessert and a glass of wine tonight. Um, (laughs) For some reason, like ninety-seven percent of my exes have today as their birthday. I really don't know why, and maybe that's my issue. Maybe I should stop dating Leo I definitely am starting. Like the first thing I ask a guy is, "What is your sign?" And I have to preface to them i'm like i'm not an astrology person i couldn't care less but if you are leo i will be blocking you expeditiously <laughs> i tell every man that now the guy i'm seeing right now is a gemini and i was like you're not much better but at least it's not leo um so yeah so like today i texted one of them happy birthday the other ones i wonder i'm gonna text like tomorrow like belated so i think that i forgot just to like have a little sting there the other ones and absolutely not Um, My, like, five-year ex, it's weird because, like you said, this is the first year we happen to have a birthday to each other. But luckily, I'm a cancer, so my birthday comes before his. So he didn't text me happy birthday, so I was like, "Uh, loser. I'm not texting you have birthday either. (laughs)
1: Loser.
3: Um, Not to mention he's blocked on quite literally every social platform possible, including email and Venmo and Cash App. So I would have no way of doing it anyway. And, like, I wouldn't even say happy birthday. I'd be like, birthday. (laughs) Because, like, do you deserve to have a happy day? But I just say, just make a statement. It's your birthday, period. Yeah, birthday. That's it. Yeah, birthday. <laughs> and I feel like it's not necessarily, like, a one-size-fits-all situation. Because, like, I have some exes that, like, I'm still in contact with. Or, like, even our, I consider to still be close friends. I will say I did date someone. Date's a strong word. I I, was, I don't even know what the word is. Not, like, date. Like, Same. I, like, saw. I envisioned, they envisioned me, envisioned together. You both perceived each other. We perceived each other for a long time. Um, We were in a perceived ship whatever, and situation-ship, that's the word. And, like, he was one of, like, my best friends slash in my friend group, and I still keep in contact with him, but it's, like, distant contact. Like, it's still a little bit weird. At the same time, it'd be weirder to not talk. So, like... Obviously, like, we text sometimes, like, if I see him out, I'll say something, but, like, I don't ask him to hang out. I don't ask him, like, I don't know. And when we have a conversation, it's for a purpose. Like, just never just, like, a, hey, like, how are you doing? That's too much. And then other exes, like, my five-year ex, my high school ex, like, no contact with them. However, my high school ex did uh, Snapchat me last week and, oh. like, sent me a picture of, so this restaurant I went to in high school, like, every day for lunch. Um, has a picture of me and my ex in the restaurant.
2: Oh, my God. Because he went there so often.
3: For some reason, uh, won't take down. So (laughs) he went and was like, remember this? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I do remember that, actually. (laughs) I was there. I also ate the food. And then she kept trying to Snapchat me, and I was like, "Mm, no need for that. No, no. That's (laughs) the thing.
2: It's like... People are so weird about that kind of stuff because it's obvious that he's trying to start a dialogue and a conversation. It's just a weird way to do it. Like, there's no, hey, been thinking about you. How have you been? It's, remember this one random picture from this restaurant? Like, like at least Why flattery. would you open it?
3: Like, yeah. You're like, you're such a baddie and I really realized that and I had to text you. Yeah. But no one likes to wear their heart on their sleeves th- these days, so it's just like... And when I do, I'm dramatic. Yeah. you know what? <laughs> I will... Hold it. In. I am a water sign. Um... <laughs> So that's one thing I've realized is, like, they end things or I end things. And then, like, a few weeks later, they, like, try to contact me. Like, that's the closure I need. Because I realize that, like, I'm still a daddy and you still want me. You realize that you're stupid. But when we break up and then they don't come back, that's why I'm like, hmm, what's wrong with you? Like, actually, what's wrong with you? Because, like, I'm over all of my exes, probably besides one. And not that I'm not even, like, not over them. It's like, why haven't you come back? Shouldn't you be obsessed? Mm-hmm.
2: I feel like mm-hmm. yes <laughs> so yes they I think
3: like most people get closure from like having a conversation couldn't care less about that my closure is that you're now obsessed with me and you want me back that's the closure I need because then I know I'm not the problem and then I can move on yeah is that I healthy? love
2: hmm. when my exes get mad like I right. had this one ex this wasn't my last one one of my exes saw that I had like posted about, like, loving being single or something. Like, I posted a TikTok or I posted on my Instagram and I was, like, something about... I don't even know what. It was lighthearted, though. Like, it wasn't for his benefit. Also, I thought I blocked him. And then he DM'd me and was like, great picture, great, great, like, thanks. How's this supposed to make me feel? I was like, nothing. You're supposed to feel nothing. I broke up with you two years ago. Why are you still reaching out? It's nuts. But it makes me feel good. It's like... Because they say say the closest thing to love is hate and then there's indifference. Do you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it's like... There's so much power in not giving a fuck. It's like, I pride myself in not giving a singular shit about like any of my exes. So it's like, when they reach out to me all mad, that's what I love. Because it's like, you are mad. You still
3: care about stuff that I do. Which is nuts, because I can't say the same. That's fangirl behavior. I will say, like, I have reached a level of indifference. And that's how, like, that's the most satisfying feeling ever. Is like, my ex just moved in with his girlfriend and they got a cat. Which makes me laugh because he always <laughs> said that he would never leave Manhattan. And then he also said that he would never get a cat. So I found that, honestly, the only reaction I had was funny. But at the same time, I was thinking about it. I was like, I'm not upset at all. Like, like I don't even have, like, a twinge of, like, being upset or, like, being sad. Because at the end of the day, I'm just, like, actually thanking the Lord Jesus up above <laughs> in all of my like conjoined brain cells that <laughs> I am not the one that's moving in with him or giving a cat with him. Yeah. And I can only hope that like he's changed for the better and like maybe he is someone that I didn't think he could be. And then if anything, great for her, great for him. But like, there's not a single part of me that's upset or sad. If anything, I'm joyous that it is not me.
4: Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, stories from the frontiers of marketing. and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
3: No, I'm literally, I was telling Chance this, like, I'm actually so tired of my, everyone and all the women in the world dating awful men. Awful and not cute. If they were cute, I could maybe understand it a little bit. But they're awful and short and not cute. And it's like, wow, why would we do that? When I
2: say it's always the ugly ones, I mean that, like, in both looks and personality. It's like, you are ugly. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're an ugly person.
3: Like, I will I fully hate say, date ugly men. Like, a guy can be, like, not necessarily 100% my type like 100% like what I want physically like I don't really care if they have a good personality and treat me well like that bumps them up two three whatever on like whatever kind of scale people use
2: right and then that makes you attractive does that make sense it's like even if you're not my type on paper or even if (laughs) that's a love island quote um or like a love island thing. even if you're not my type on paper even if you don't check all the like physical shallow boxes if you are a kind respectful generous person you become you go up in my book. You, does that make sense? But, like, if you are a stunner, a model, let's say, looks-wise, and you're a dick, it, I physically, I don't know what it is about my brain that cannot separate the two. It's like, if you're a dick and you treat me awfully, even if I meet you one time and you're just, like, an asshole, because
3: you can just tell, you know, I'm not going to think you're, like, I think you're ugly. Does that make sense? And I feel like that's the reason why girls stay with ugly um, men that mistreat them is that they want so badly to be the one that fixes them and I'm like unless you are you're not a doctor you don't need to fix anyone you're not a psychotherapist like as much as I think that's why like we always ask like why do girls stay in such bad relationships it's because they want so badly to make that person love them and they're like chasing that person to treat them well but they're not going to like that's just who they are and you've they've shown you that it's time to learn that and I think I, it took me so long to understand that but now that I do it's like when a guy shows me his true colors, it's literally giving bye-bye, you're blocked. Because why am I wasting my, continue to waste my time on someone who couldn't give less of a crap about me?
2: I think it also comes from this deep root, especially on the women's side, or at least I can speak for myself. I think it comes from this deep-rooted need to be more than who you are or make someone else be more than who they are. Does that make sense? It's like women strive for excellence in themselves and in the people around them. That it's like, I feel like you can never just be. And that was a huge sentiment that was kind of reflected in the barbie movie as well which i really liked it's like women always feel the need to just be like so much more than they are and be excellent all the time and in reality it's like men don't have that expectation put upon them it's like why should you and
3: socially at least or romantically i think it goes back to attachment styles because like let's say you have daddy issues and you spent like your entire childhood like having someone come in and out of your life whether that's like physically emotionally support wise whatever so you're constantly chasing them being in your life. So that kind of like um, interaction or like power imbalance kind of carries over to your relationships where like you're constantly chasing someone who is absent, who is always leaving, who is always like mistreating you emotionally, physically, whatever. So you're chasing them trying to be in your life. So I feel like the way that you show up in relationships, I think that's why a lot of women happen to Oprah compensate because they're like... I want to make this work so badly because my parents got divorced or because my ex did whatever. So I feel like we're constantly trying to overcompensate. But at the same time, by doing that, you're never letting the other person step up to the plate. Like you're doing the work for them, you know?
2: Exactly. I want to pivot a little bit to some personal anecdotes because I have both been on the receiving side of an ex trying to crawl back and I have been the ex trying to crawl back only one time and he wasn't even an ex but I have to tell it anyway so the time when I got crawled back to is just really funny because I feel like a lot of women can relate to this men during the relationship do shit they don't do like nothing and then once you break up they work overtime trying to get you back I just think it's so funny it's like they become the person who you were like that's all you were asking for in the relationship and then they just become that person only after
3: you break up, though. Then they go right back to how they were before, because they're only doing enough work to get you back. The minute you're back in a relationship, these people have not changed. Yeah. I mean, most people do not change. Exactly. They're going to do what they can to get back into your good graces, and uh-huh. then the second you start dating again or seeing each other, they're going to go right back to their old ways, because they know you'll stay.
2: Exactly, because you have before, and because you came back, so they know like they have you now in their back pocket. It's nuts. Weird psychology. Anyway, this one time, one of my exes, we broke up. Because he cheated on me and then he wrote me like a 13 paragraph essay about how much he wants to like hold hands with me and skip through a field but what i told him is i was like it's just too little too late you know like this is the man who i wanted you to be like i wanted you to express these feelings when we were actually in a relationship the fact that you're proving to me that you would only act this much act this way because It's the chase now. Now you don't have me. Grass is always greener. Like you want what you can't have. And that's not what I want. You know, like I want someone to appreciate what they have while they have it. I don't want someone to lose me to realize my worth, if that makes sense. Because I know my worth and it's definitely not worth all that. And then the time I crawled back is so funny because we weren't even dating. We were just like friends with benefits for a little bit. I call things off. But I had thought I called things off too early. Like, I was like, we could, I feel like this could maybe be a relationship. I feel like I underestimated you. So I wrote back and they were like, no. They were like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. But like, you treated me like a certain type of way when we were together. And like, now that you don't have me, you're calling me. It's like the same thing. It made me take a really long, hard look in the mirror and go like, am I only wanting him because I don't have him anymore? And the answer was yes. You know what I mean? I had come up with this whole song and dance in my head like trying to prove to myself that he could be boyfriend material it's just funny because i've been on like both ends of the spectrum
3: and i feel like through that whole process like i learned two really important things one not to quote big sean and justin bieber the grass is not always on the other side it's green where you water it like we put in effort time emotions whatever The kind of ate that line whatever and then what song is that as long as, as long as you love me. <laughs>
2: you give me something That song still hits. And boyfriend. When they come on the club, I'm
3: like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> um, and then secondly is that I feel like part of the emotions or, like, overwhelming sense of whatever you get when, like, people do come back like exes is, like, wanting to know how they feel about you and why they do. But it took me so long to understand that, like, the way people treat you The way they treated you before you broke up tells you all you need to know about how they view you. They don't start to randomly respect you more now they realize that you're gone. You know, like... What, how they treated you when they had you is all you need to know so I feel like it took me so long to understand that that's why I kept going back to someone that treated me like crap because I kept thinking okay he's gonna this is the time he's gonna change he's gonna realize that like I'm the prize and then he treats me like crap and like suddenly he's gonna overhaul his entire personality and treat me right now no he's not <laughs> he would do the same thing I said before where like he'll grovel be super nice for a week or two weeks and then go right back to how he treated me before because he knows that no matter what I'm gonna stay because I am not dig into the cycle the highs the lows whatever. So I think it took me, like, a long time to figure that out, that it is, like, manipulation in some way. But honestly, take people at their actions, not at their words. Because they'll say whatever they can to get back in your good graces and then treat you like crap again. Yeah, so exactly.
2: Don't do that. Men do, I feel like, as a whole, tend to base their decisions off of actions. And women really tend to, like, listen to the – because words mean more, more to women. So I feel like we tend to take those at face value, which there's nothing wrong with. It's just, uh when you're dealing with shit men.
3: And, like, I used to be a words affirmation Mm girly, And I'm I'm changing that. I'm more, like, quality time acts of service now. Gift giving, gift receiving is the one um, love language that I have no attachment to. Like, when they, like, break down your score, mine's, like, 0%. I couldn't care less about gifts. Really? But um, physical touch is also kind of down there. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. But I do, like, PDA stuff. Like, I like holding hands and, like, whatever. But... I would say like words of affirmation, acts of service and quality time. Like, those are my hoes.
2: Mine is, um, mine changed. Mine used to be primarily gift giving and now mine is um, physical touch.
3: Girl, Obviously. We know. <laughs> Trust me, we know.
2: Yeah, acts of service is good too, but that's, that's the one I have. It's good gift giving for that and then acts of service is the bottom one for me. See, um, acts
3: of service is how I should be. Like, I feel like that's how I show my feelings. It's like, if I'm willing to go do things for you to like make your day easier, and I know that I'm like an extremely busy person. So if I'm taking that time to help you, that's how I know I value you.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's like you want to do stuff for the other person. Yeah. I totally get that. Aww. Yeah. It is
3: 2023. Why is there not a, de- a machine, a device I put on my face and my pimples disappear?
2: <laughs> Are you having skin problems at the moment? You don't I look like just
3: it. have one pimple. Yeah. The thing is I never have breakouts unless I'm doing something important with my life. And then suddenly I'm hopefully like, <laughs>
2: no, well, your skin looks great. Uh, This weekend I have something really important. I'm going to meet like all of Zach's family because I met his parents twice before um, and now it's like his cousin's wedding or something who he's only met like twice in his life. They're not even close and we're going this weekend. It's in Maine. I'm really excited. We're going to spend like a whole day in Portland. It's going to be great. Portland's gorgeous so I heard because I've never been. I'm really really excited. So if anybody, of, if any of you live in Maine or have taken a trip to Maine or vacation in Maine, please DM us, let us know. Give us some dinner recs, lunch recs, like some um, sightseeing stuff, because I really, really, I'm so excited.
3: And the flight's so short. It's only like an hour long from LaGuardia. My cousin goes to college in Maine, and I saw him on Hinge, and I was like, you live in Maine. <laughs> Why are you on New York? He was like, there's no one here. I was like, okay.
2: That's so funny.
3: There's no one here. (laughs) It's very, like, nature-y place. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, also, on a more somber note, because we were talking about what we're doing recently, today is a hard day for moi, and I'm sure for a lot of other people who I am friends with back home, including her family. Um, Today is my... I remember talking to you guys a couple episodes about my really close friend from back home who passed away kind of suddenly. It's her birthday today. It's two days after mine. And I, yeah, it's no, it's no good because we always like text each other and stuff. And like, we always try and see each other the best we can. So I'm really happy that I have like the wedding and everything is a distraction. I'm just going to like constantly be working today. Try not to think about it. But then it's like, I want to be thinking about it because I want to remember, but I also don't want to cry like the entirety of the day. But I don't really, yeah, death is a very new concept for me. And I know we're talking about like exes and stuff. So it's like, oh, what do you do? when like an ex reaches back out. I think, as you know, in a broader topic, it's like a broader subject, what do you do when like sad things come like back into your mind? Like when X's pop back in your mind or when things that make you really depressed and sad. One thing that I've been really loving to do recently, and this is crazy, this might just be a me thing, but I have a lot of trouble processing my emotions, which Cindy cannot relate to. (laughs) So when I feel like I find that I'm not being like, I'm not fully embracing my emotions, especially the more like sad ones, I found that music is just extremely therapeutic because I'm not a meditation girly. I don't...
3: Oh, I can't meditate. It takes I, too I can't much do. It.
2: I love how other people do it and I'm sure it has benefits. I'm sure it works. It just doesn't work for me. But I feel like listening to music and just laying down and shutting my eyes is a form of meditation because it's making you like think and reflect. So when I'm sad and I feel like I'm not truly embracing those sad emotions, I put on like sad songs and then I start crying. And then at the end... I feel so much better. And I think music in particular helps because you're going through like a unified shared experience with the artist. It's like they're feeling the same emotions as well. So it's like, it makes you feel a sense of togetherness. It makes you feel like you're not alone and in the form of music, which is scientifically proven to be extremely beneficial mental health wise. So if you were looking for ways to kind of process your emotions, if you have trouble with like understanding your own feelings and if, especially if you have trouble with like distracting yourself instead of actually dealing with what you're feeling in the moment, I would suggest music because you're like doing, it's something to do. You're not just sitting there in silence, but it's like, like you're not just sitting there crying or like whatever, but it, 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 it does really help. Or at least it has
3: for me. Sarah always be citing these scientific reports. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. It's according to my
1: calculations. Like, scientifically, scientific. it's
3: proven. Psychology okay, girl, today. Where you get this from? <laughs> uh, But no, I feel you like, you guys know I talked about this before that like I'm very much a believer in that holding emotions in or like trying to stop yourself only delays your healing. So like I call it dark room time. When I'm upset, you're not gonna see me for a day and a half. I'm gonna sit in my room. I'm gonna like let myself feel it, be upset, cry. I have the best sad music playlist of all time. Like you should actually be in a museum. Um, like I have, my sad playlists are so specific that the names describe the kind of sadness. Like my favorite one is Sunday in November because like it's getting cold like, it's cuffing season, but, like, not really, like, that, playlist is elite, but I let myself feel it, I don't, I get off my phone, I don't text anyone, I don't call anyone, I watch movies, I listen to music, I let myself be sad, and, but I heal so much quicker and easier and, like, fully that I feel like it's beneficial, because, like, even, like, the last situation I just broke up with, or he broke up with me, whatever, um, I got over it in like a day and a half So I let myself be upset about it and be sad and like grieve what I thought could have been a relationship and then I got over it and I'm like it's is so much better than like pushing emotions down and ignoring them it's makes things so much more efficient
2: so music has been really helping me do that recently you know miss kind of like turning everything off or even like working honestly and listening to music it's good stuff
1: hi there
4: I'm Bob Pittman chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals,
2: This really interesting topic that Cindy and I kind of started talking about before the episode, but not really, because we really wanted to dive into it wholeheartedly right now. So, on social media platforms like Twitter and TikTok, and everybody, this is literally every age, every demographic, every kind of person ever, has turned on Rachel Zegler overnight regarding her Snow White Princess um, movie, the new live action version where she is starring as Snow White. Um, and in the summer of. 2021 Disney announced that Rachel Zegler would be playing that lead role. But recently in the past like couple days, Rachel has been getting so much hate for a couple reasons. One because a minority of conservative leaning or just I would say very radical people are upset that a Latina actress is playing Snow White. And also so that's like one whole layer of controversy. That is a minority though. The majority of people are upset because Rachel Zegler has gone on camera on interviews saying that this Snow White would be playing an independent woman who does not need rescuing. And she has um, quoted that the 1937 original movie um, Snow White is outdated and it is completely anti-feminist, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. She is also getting a lot of hate because she uh, did an interview where she said that she wants to be paid for like every hour, every stream of you know, sitting in that snow white dress because for 13 hours a day, which obviously she should, I feel like that's baseline. But you got a lot of hate for that because she uh, referenced the actor's strike and everyone was like, you are in this big budget Disney film. Like the actor's strike does not apply to you because it's like you're getting paid so much, et cetera, et cetera. I personally, has a lot to say. She just took the biggest sigh of all time. But I do want to talk about it. I thought, especially from a lawyer perspective, it would be really interesting coming from you.
3: People love to have an opinion on things they know nothing about. I'm literally an entertainment lawyer. I'm working actively in like helping people that are like on picket lines for the strike. People have no idea, one, what a strike is, two, what they're <laughs> fighting for, and three, a strike doesn't selectively apply to certain people. It applies to everyone who is in the actor union. Union meaning every single person who's in the union who is an actor. That's what the word union means, everybody. It affects everyone. <laughs> yeah. And people that are like mad that she's asking them to get paid for her work. Like I feel like that's so baseline, right? Let me give you an analogy. Give it. You work for a sandwich shop. And the sandwich shop says, we're paying you X amount of dollars, um, whatever, to make sandwiches. Let's say you have a catering job where you need to make 500 sandwiches. Obviously, on a normal day, you make one sandwich per five minutes and you get paid $8 an hour. But for a time you need to make 500 sandwiches, and they're getting eaten over the next like 12 hours by a group of people, you're still only getting paid $8 an hour. That makes no sense, correct? Because you're doing triple the work, whatever.
2: In a shorter amount of time as well.
3: So... For this strike, for example, this girl or this woman, Rachel Zegler. Number one, to even not even I'm not even giving it like credit or air. People being mad she's Latina. Yeah. It is a fake Disney movie about a woman with dwarves. Like, why are you upset? As people that are mad about Little Mermaid being black, sweetie, she's a mermaid. You are 30 years old. This go is touch a fictional grass.
2: place. Yeah. It's... Actually,
3: touch grass, sniff it, roll around in it, and go on with your life. There are so many more important <laughs> things. that can use your voice. It actually drives me crazy. It's a fictional book. Anyway.
2: It's a fairy tale. It's a Disney story. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. It's not a Disney story. Care? That
3: book, that thing was written in, like, 1700. Yeah. Like, why do people care? It's Green public Brothers domain. Baby. How? Why do you care? Yeah. It's an imagination of a book that's in public domain. You can do whatever you want with it. It doesn't matter. Anyway. it's like That's like being mad that Pinocchio is made out of um, redwood and not oak. Yeah. <laughs> why do you care? It's almost
2: like... We live in a racist society. <laughs> yeah. you know
3: I mean? So the actors strike. Yeah. The way things work right now, for example, have you ever seen Gilmore Girls? Yeah, I have. I have. There's a character in Gilmore Girls, I actually forgot his name, but he's in like 300 episodes out of like 325. And he said that he makes 16 cents a day from his, um, the streams from him being on Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls, one of the most streamed um, TV shows on Netflix in its streaming history, And he makes 16 cents a day. So how would you feel if you spent X amount of years working on a project that you got paid for, and then now it's on a streaming service where people are watching it every day? It's one of the most popular shows, and you're getting paid nothing for your work. That is part of the strike. Number one, Rachel Zegler is not an established actress. She's been in one movie, and this is her second movie. It doesn't matter if Disney make it, Christopher Nolan, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, whatever. That's just who the director is and the company behind it. Most of that money is going into marketing, production, directing. All of it does not go to the actors. And yes, they get paid like a wage to be in the movie, but has no um, bearing whatsoever on the residuals. That's determined by your contract. That's determined by the union contract with the studios. People that are mad about that, why are you mad about someone getting compensated fairly for their work? She is not, she's probably not even an A list actress, not B, not C. She's a D list actress. Like, she's been in one movie. She's not established. She does not make millions of dollars. Like, if the movie does, the actors do not. That's not how contracts work.
2: I'm loving this right now. So, people
3: that don't understand, one, what a contract is, two, how it works, that's like Avatar makes $5 billion. That does not mean that every single actor in that movie makes $5 billion. That's not how a contract works. So, I hate people think that, like, because someone's in a big budget movie, they get paid X amount of dollars. That's not how it works. So, like, the union contracts affect every single person who's a member of SAGE or who are a member of the writers' union. So people being like, oh, she's rich, why does she care? One, it's her livelihood. Also, if
2: you look up her net worth, she's like not rich. She's
3: been in she's been in one movie. Well, she's also just
2: like not rich in generally. Like she's not an Epo baby. She's not she's not an established actor. They found her on
3: Twitter. Yeah, she literally <laughs> made a singing video on Twitter, and that was her first role in West Side Story. Yeah, she's not a millionaire, a billionaire, no. or whatever. She's gotten paid for one job. Those are
2: just the facts. Also, that like, is that's it. not an opinion either. Like it's true. Her net worth is not as big as say like Julia Roberts, for example. Even it's like Sydney
3: like Sweeney said that she barely makes enough to support herself, and she's one of the biggest shows in history. Yeah. So. People don't understand how money works, how getting paid works, how a contract works. And it's so frustrating to see people, like, degrade actors online or writers for holding out on the strike and delaying movies. I'm so sorry you can't sit on your couch and with your popcorn and watch a movie when you want to watch it. Like, yeah. these are people's livelihoods. Like, a lot of these act- um, writers especially, who, like, make their livelihood off of making these, like, long-term shows who are getting, like, messed over from these contracts. Like, that's their, li- that's their family. That's their rent. That's their electricity bill. Like, and that's any... That's how they
2: eat every day. Like... It-
3: no matter who the actor is, whether it's Adam Sandler, whether it's um, Jeremy, whatever his name is, who are, like, on these picket lines, they're not just doing it for themselves. They're doing it because their actions, they're putting their face to a cause. It's going to help everyone else. And that's extras, that's background actors, that's small-time actors, that's Every single person they work with. And it's going to affect basis. reality TV, too. So everyone that's like, oh, well, we'll still have Real Housewives. No. People, have, people in Real Housewives are now picketing as well, or starting to, especially Love is Blind. They're, like... Um, creating this huge lawsuit because they're mispaid, whatever, mistreated. So I think people realize that like yes, you want to be entertained. If you want to see white snow white so badly, go put on a play. Go make your own (laughs) low budget film, please. But like why do you care? Like it's people's livelihood. Just shut your mouth and support them, please.
2: This just shows this entire discourse. The fact that every single woman, especially women on TikTok, turned on Rachel Zegler in the span of 24 hours. This just goes to show that women, no matter what your belief system is, women can never win, especially women of color. It makes zero sense. We saw this also with um, Hallie and the Little Mermaid. It's like people were finding all of these like nitpicking problems about the movie. So they didn't have to come right out and say, I'm mad that Ariel's black. You know what I mean? So it's like this whole discourse begun because she's a Latina actress. Like that's how, literally, Any negative feeling towards Snow White began there. And then it kind of like simmered and simmered and simmered. No one had anything to say. Rachel Zegler literally just announces that she's a feminist on a red carpet interview. And TikTok turns on her. Which TikTok is supposed to be a very progressive like feminist supporting app. Is it not? Like very liberal leaning. It's true. So it's like why are now... You having a pro, and it's like these women are like you're making fun of like traditionalist women who do want to fall in love and get married. Never once did she say that that's not a lifestyle you're not allowed to have. She just said that that's not her Snow White. She's the actress, she can portray the character however she wants. This entire discourse proves one thing, and it's that women can never win no matter how hard they try, no matter if they're ultra feminist, no matter if they're ultra traditionalist and they just want to like go get married, have kids, and just like live a very um, feminine, you know, like stereotypical feminine traditional life. It's, women cannot win. Women say one thing, and even their fellow women feel the need to attack. It really makes no sense.
3: One, and people like that are getting mad at Rachel Zegler and Halle, again, this takes about 0.1% of brain power.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They are not the director. Yeah. They are not the casting director. Oh. They did not put themselves in this movie. If you want to hate on someone, hate on the casting director because that's their job. But but, exact, also, but they're you, not but also, the ones
2: getting hate.
1: That's the thing. Also, everyone's everyone's hating, hating on Rachel. You should hate
3: on no one because it's a made-up fairy tale. Yeah. Um. But two, people are like, oh, wow, it's ruining the, her, her legacy. She was chosen to be in the movie for a reason. You're not the director. Literally shut up. Not to be condescending, but to be very condescending. But also, like, people are like, she's ruining Snow White's legacy. Snow White does not exist. <laughs> she's on her She's a story. And also, the Disney story that we know isn't even the real story. Yeah. So, like, if you want to be disturbed or mad about changing legacies, the original one that you know isn't in the original story. It's a German folktale by the Grimm's Brothers or whatever. And honestly, it's a story about a girl eating a poisoned apple, living with eight men, and then getting kissed against her will. So, why do you care so much about sticking to that story? And the fact that, like, she has five shades darker skin is, and you're mad about it is so crazy to me. People need to, like, actually touch grass
2: you're so right like you made such an amazing point that i was trying to express earlier there's a reason why disney is not getting hate there's a reason why like the casting director is not getting hate why the writers are not getting hate why the directors not getting hate it's all directed at rachel because why she's a woman and she's a A woman woman of color. color
3: It's also not 1937.
2: Yeah, and also, oh, this is the other point that I wanted to piggyback off of yours with, is that the original Snow White, the 1937 Disney cute little movie with the girl who's dumb and eats an apple, that's not going away. So if you want your original Snow White, there it is. Go, go like,
3: watch it. They're
2: not taking it off of Disney Plus. They're not like negating its history by making a new live
3: action. Also, when is the last time that someone's watched the original Snow White? <clears throat>
2: 1937. <laughs>
3: like actually please no be no
2: real. I I mean I and Snow White has never been my favorite princess she's never been like an icon to me and I'm a Disney freak so it's like Ratchet
3: Bob that's why that's
2: the thing and her dress
3: was not giving either I'm like you hate this girl
2: and people are like we already have you know independent thought leader princesses like Moana and Mulan it's like okay we also have traditionalist princesses like every single other one ever like Sleeping Beauty Cinderella Snow White those movies are not going anywhere they will remain in the Disney vault forever they will never be taken down from any streaming platform so it's like why are you having such a hissy fit about how they decided to make their live action movie it makes no sense
3: also, when they made Snow White and the Huntsman with Kristen Stewart, who was yelling about them changing the story then? No, yeah. one, she was white.
2: Same with Mira Mira, Lily Collins played yeah. Snow White and no one got mad no about one that. Said anything about that. Nope. So. And Lily Collins was also an independent, like, woman, like it was very autonomous that she saved herself, et cetera.
3: And so was Snow White and the Huntsman. So I'm like, yeah. what was the issue then? Nothing. Exactly. Uh.
2: And it's so funny too, because every single TikTok I've ever seen ever, specifically in the past 24 hours, hating on Rachel Zegler. And I'm not even, I'm not Rachel Zegler's biggest fan. Like I personally, I I just, she's not my favorite actress of all time in her defense. Like, I just think that this discourse in particular is so unreasonable because it's like one thing that everybody on TikTok says they begin like, this is just so contradictory. Every video that people on TikTok make, they start it with like, I don't care that she's Latina. But then they don't—they don't talk about the fact that she's Latina. But they're like, "I just hate how she's making Snow White independent," you know. But like, they always begin it with, "I'm
3: not a racist." And I just think
2: that's so contradictory. Like, if you didn't care, why would you bring that up? You know what I mean?
3: She's also only been in one movie, and that's more than all of them can say. What movie have you been in? Yeah, What's literally. your acting <laughs> like, credentials? Give me your resume. Literally, ew. ship it here. Taylor Swift releases a new album actually twice a week. Girl, it's a, don't, why are you rushing? Yeah. It's okay. Mm-hmm. A whole catalog thing, but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan.
2: But if you have any strong feelings on the whole Rachel, Rachel Zegler controversy, feel free to DM us with your thoughts because if they're racist, do not. DM. Oh, yeah, (laughs) no, 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 no. Please don't. Please don't send us nonsensical things like just don't be dumb. If you have an educated opinion, please send it our way Um, because we do want to hear. I am just really surprised about this discourse. And I've been like every single video that I scroll through. It's like the Rachel Zegler controversy. And like, I understand where these women are coming from in the sense where it's like, oh, my God in the sense where they interpret her interviews as, like, hating on traditional women. However, that's just not how I see it. Does that make sense? It's like, if you see it like that, I understand that you see it like that. It's just, I've seen all of these interviews that women are hating on, and I've just never really gotten... The only thing that I perceive from these interviews is that Rachel Zegler does not want her Snow White to be, like, and she's in full support of, like, this character and how they wrote this character... She does not want her Snow White to be dated, and she doesn't want it to be traditional Snow White story. Like, she that she just supports the storyline. And, like, that's all I perceived, you know? And like, just like, because someone's a feminist doesn't mean they're hating on you for not being one.
3: And they're, like, they're hating on traditional women. Are you acting like you're in 1937? Yeah. Do you cook in an apron all day and wait for your husband to come home to smell pies and mashed potatoes and meatloaf? Like, are you racist? Because 1937 are you racist still? Like, you're not eating poison apples talking to evil queens and kissing <laughs> men in your sleep. That's not traditional. She's not even a real woman. It's like, what are you, oh, I can't. I'm also, good.
2: I would bet my left foot that somewhere in the movie, Snow White, in the live action movie, Snow White will end up falling in love and getting married, et cetera, et cetera, like she does in the original Disney movie. But all Rachel said is that Snow White does not need saving by a man. Snow White saves herself, et cetera. But I will bet you a million dollars romance is still involved in the movie. So it's like, You, she is still not perpetrating or not perpetuating, but like she is still displaying this like romantic icon. She just is. All she's saying is that women do not need to be saved by men. And if you have a problem with that, I have a problem with you. Does that make sense? And I feel like that's the underlying tone or tenor of all of these TikToks I'm seeing. And that is the that's the thing I have a problem with.
3: There are so many things happening in the world that actually affect people. Yeah, using your time, voice, and energy to talk about a fictional movie because your skin is darker than you want it to be yeah. there's like human rights violations happening in the world and that's what you're concerned about
2: yeah all righty you guys that's our time I really appreciated hearing your side also um on the law like from the law perspective especially with the strike and everything because you're so right a lot of people myself included don't understand exactly what that means and so they have uneducated uninformed opinions so it's really it was cool hearing um what the fuck's actually up Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Crying a Public Podcast and to listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart. Thank you. We love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss Playing Dirty Sports Scandals.